All right, folks, y'all going to have to calm down. Anybody hear me? Y'all having too much fun is all I can say. As time gets started this morning, we'd like to welcome everybody here. I'd like to welcome if you're here online, and uh, appreciate everybody coming today. I've got several things I need to try to get through here to the best of my ability. So we're going to start off with uh, two big positives. We've got two new members, Lonnie Stafford, would you stand? And Jolita Moore, would you please stand? Thank you all for uh, being here with us. All right, a couple of other announcements. Uh, there will be singing class tonight at 5 o'clock in room 403. So that's over here. Five o'clock, room 403 for the singing class. Please remember to fill out your attendance card or VISTA card, whichever applies, and it's in the back of the pew in front of you, as they say. And it's time to enlist, not in the military, but in Bible boot camp. Donnie and her crew are putting together a fantastic program, so please uh, sign up your preschool through fifth grade students. And the last one is that because it's Father's Day, I want to help some of you guys that may not have the 40 years of experience that I've had with marriage. You see, when I got married, my mom and dad had been married a long time, and they made it look easy. So I kind of thought, how hard can it be? So, you know, I just kind of went by trial and error. So the trial's not so bad, but that error part can be terrible. So you guys, go, the guys, the men, go ahead and get your cell phone and you put September 24th and 25th in that phone as being busy. I learned that through an error that I had. So anyway, on those days, West Irwin is going to host an event called Reconnect, and it's about marriage, which I'm sure I need. And there will be details later. Uh, people that know way more about it than I do will be here to give us all kinds of details. But I wanted, to go, wanted you to go ahead and put that in your phone so that, and you can do that with other stuff I found out too. So anyway, so let's go to God in prayer. Holy Father, today we come to honor and glorify you. 
to praise your name above all others and to proclaim you as our God. And we want to be your people. We thank you for your love, mercy, and grace that you give each of us. Thank you for each of our family members here at West Irwin, but today we especially thank you for our fathers and how grateful we are for godly Christian fathers. Fathers that lead their families toward Christ, giving of themselves as he gave for us. Thank you for fathers that lead their families by example as they put your son at the head of their families. We thank you for fathers that sacrifice themselves for the good of their families. We ask that you would be with these men, help them to provide strength when needed, show compassion when appropriate, but always giving love, grace, and encouragement. Father, Satan has made it so easy for us to get distracted by the wants of this life. Like small children, we often chase the shiny glitter and we miss our true purpose of serving the one and only living God. Help us to keep an eternal perspective of not only our lives, but the lives of those we love. Today in our world, things that are evil are called good and good things are called evil. Help us to cling to what is good and to run from evil. Cleanse our hearts of that evil so that our thoughts are your thoughts. May we use the wisdom and knowledge gained from your word to build a solid foundation for our lives. Help us to know how to show your love to those not living as they should without condoning the things they do. Give us the opportunity to help those who don't know your love. Father, we know that you are the great physician, and we have many in our church that are suffering from health problems. We want to ask that you be with Eli Hodges and that all necessary repairs that need to be made can be made according to cardiac MRI results. Also be with Donnie Carnathan, Nita Kennedy, Tom Cook, Charlotte Collier, Roy Farley, Janice Hardaway, Dwayne Walters, Michael Willis's sister Ann, and Carolyn Blackstone. Father, be with all the others on our prayer and care list, and please give all of them your healing and comfort. Father, we ask that you would be with the family of Dorothy Broxon. We ask that you would comfort them in their time of loss. And Father, we know that in a week or so, Danny and Lisa will be going to lead a trip to New Orleans to work with the young children there. And Father, we just pray that you would bless them, watch over them, give them safety, give them success in their trip. As we worship today, Father, we hope that our singing 
and praise is joyful noise to you and encouraging to us. We pray that your spirit would work in our lives, causing us to be better servants. Please forgive us of our sinfulness and help us to walk in your light as we journey through this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all sing. Let's all stand, please. Thank you, Ken. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tinted skies with heavenly hue and framed the world with his great mind. There is a God
Happy Father's Day, everybody. A couple of things about Father's Day you may not know. It's observed worldwide under various names and dates, and it's existed for hundreds of years. I don't know, generally I just think of Father's Day as Father's Day. So just a couple of little facts for you. And uh, <clears throat> I know I'm not wearing my Sunday best, but I'm wearing what my dad would have worn when I was a kid. Complete. I have my sunglasses over there, but wouldn't go carry it that far because I was afraid Gary might give me the evil eye. But he would have been dressed like this, complete with shark tooth necklace and things of that nature. But uh, he's passed away now. But I do have fond memories of his child of when I was a child of him. Celebrated yearly, but we get to celebrate our heavenly Father weekly, communing with Him. And it's really just an excellent idea and plan that he did this to remember the gift he gave us. So take your communion cup out, if you would, and peel back the bread. And I'll address him in this prayer as Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time of communion. We can come together as a church and celebrate you and celebrate the sacrifice of your son that gave his body as we partake of this bread and remember that sacrifice, Lord, and just thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name, amen. What do we think of when we hear father? Well, you usually think of a provider and a protector, a teacher. Teaches you how to ride a bike or build something. Protects you. As an alpha, you know, they take pride in that. He's an alpha male. But we have a true alpha, an alpha and an omega that loves us, that teaches us shows us the way. When we're kids, we say silly things like, my dad can beat your dad up. My dad's bigger than your dad. But we know from what we've read, God our Father is big enough to take care of us 
He's big enough to take care of any problem we have. And we had a problem being saved and having eternal life, and he's taking care of that problem. So let's go to him in prayer again, and, and I'll address him as God our Father. Dear God our Father, thank you so much for being big enough to save us from ourselves, being big enough to give us an avenue to be saved, and big enough to give us the answers, Lord, because this life can get complicated. Thank you for this sacrifice of your son's blood that washes away our sin. It's his name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. So glad to see everyone here this morning. Over the past year, we have celebrated different ministries here at West Irwin. This morning, I'd like to take just a few moments to discuss one that's been around a long time. This is our Young at Heart group. And you're going to see on the screen uh, some pictures of the latest gathering that they had. We had uh, the second Thursday of each month, Young at Heart Meets. You know, older, mature Christian men and women have been gathering outside the worship assembly for decades uh, to fellowship. And you ask the question, what does fellowship actually mean? Well, it can mean a variety of things. Uh, good potluck dinners, good old conversation, entertainment, games, sightseeing trips, service projects, and opportunities to encourage each other when things are going good and when things are not going so good. You've got friends that you can commune with. You know, older folks naturally gravitate to people that's in their age bracket. They have uh, extraordinarily unique life experiences, 
their needs and interests are different than teens and young adults, young married people. And so it's just a natural thing for the older folks to get together. And that's what Young in Heart does. We have a history book that Nelda Browning put together years ago. One of the paragraphs I found in that this week in trying to get a few thoughts together about Young at Heart, I want to read this to you. The West Irwin Young at Heart group became official in 1981. At the October meeting, the bylaws were written and officers were elected. Paul Stanley was made chairman, Virginia Connor secretary, Averett Smith treasurer, Hoyt and Elizabeth Hughes host and hostess. The monthly meeting was set on the second Thursday of each month at 6.30 p.m. in the fellowship hall. 41 years later, Young at Heart is still going strong. They're not meeting in the what used to be the fellowship hall. That's the admin building now. But uh, we meet in the Family Life Center. I made a diligent search for those bylaws. I was really interested in, in uh, seeing what they wrote down. Now, in reading those names, there aren't but a handful of people in this auditorium this morning that recognized any of those names. But those were great people here at West Irwin. Uh, but the bylaws have disappeared. I gave, it, I gave that task to our authority, Frances McBee. She couldn't find them. But anyway, I, I assume it was basically what I discussed earlier, an opportunity for our older, experienced members here to get together in fellowship with one another. And like I said, currently the Young at Heart group meets on the second Thursday of each month, and I believe it's at 6 o'clock instead of 6.30. Currently, the president is James Gullion, and the vice president is Myron Granberry. The secretary's position is open. So uh, if we have a volunteer, you can contact James or Myron, and they'll put you to work. If you're 55 years or older, please accept this as an invitation to get involved with people your age. It's a good group. Now, I know that your social calendar is probably full on the second Thursday, but try to make room if you have an opportunity to come and visit. Uh, you missed some wonderful entertainment last Thursday or the second Thursday, but they have groups that come in periodically. It's a good time for everyone and all with a spiritual overtone because we're all Christian brothers and sisters getting together, sharing our faith, sharing good times. Let's have a word of prayer before our we take our contribution. Lord, we are very thankful this morning to be assembled together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Young, middle-aged, 
older. We're all part of this family. And we're thankful for the Young at Heart group and what they have meant over the years to this congregation. Father, you have blessed West Irwin over the years, and we thank you for that. We've had opportunities to help many, many people through the giving of this wonderful group of people. And Father, we just pray that you'll continue to bless us financially because, as we have said many times before, we are looking for opportunities to do good. And in order to do that, we have to have finances. And you've blessed us with those finances over the years. And we just pray, Father, as we contribute this morning, that you'll bless these funds all in the hopes that we can reach the lost of Tyler, Smith County, and all the other eight places where we have opportunities And we just thank you for those opportunities. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'd like to invite you to stand for our song before the lesson. It also gives room for our young people to pass through their last class. And if you have attendance cards and you haven't already passed them to the inside aisles, if you'll do that, the young men are going to come up the aisles to collect those cards. While we sing together, uh, light the fire. I stand to praise you, but I fall on my knees. Again, happy Father's Day. We are blessed in this church family with some wonderful godly men. And they, uh, they do the work. They lead us. They are examples for us. They lead our families. They lead our different ministries. Uh, we are so very blessed with many, many godly men. Uh, single men, husbands, fathers, grandfathers, Brothers, uncles, it is, uh, and especially great friends, what a blessing you all are. And what a blessing to see and hear about the great works and ministries that this church family is involved in. 
Uh, uh, Danny has been leading a group going to New Orleans for a long time, and we'll be praying for them as they depart again this year uh, to serve those who so desperately need to see and hear the love and word of Jesus Christ. And they will do that so wonderfully well. And as you saw the pictures of our Young at Heart group and heard a little bit of the history uh, from uh, Stan, uh, that is a wonderful, wonderful group. And our church is extremely blessed because of them and because of all of our wonderful, wonderful ministries. I, I have to share a few funnies about Father's Day uh, because it's great. It, it's, the first one is some top reasons why it's great to be a guy. Every once in a while, I'll make that statement to Joyce. It's great to be a guy. And typically, it's because of some frustrating thing that she is experiencing um, that I am pretty much oblivious to. Um, It's great to be a guy. Number one reason, uh, not in any particular order, phone conversations are over in 30 seconds flat. (laughs) Today, when your kids or grandkids call you to say Happy Father's Day, it'll be, hey, honey, how you doing? Oh, thank you so much. Yes, we love and miss you too. Well, here's your mom. (laughs) It'll be something probably like that. Um, Number two, a five-day holiday requires only one suitcase. That's right. Number three, you only need two or three pairs of shoes. Period. Total. Number four, gray hair and wrinkles only add character to men. No hair is in there somewhere. Some top reasons it's great to be a guy. Number five, we can do our nails during one traffic light. Typically involves more teeth than nail clippers, but that's a whole nother story. Number six, if another guy shows up at a party in the same outfit, you just might become lifelong buddies. I'm not so sure that's the way uh, with the ladies. And then the number seven reason why it's great to be a guy, we get to be dads and papas or granddads or peepaws or whatever you are called. I love this little story. You, said the doctor to his patient, are in terrible shape. You've got to do something about it. First, tell your wife to cook more nutritious meals. Stop working like a dog. Also, inform your wife you're going to make a budget and she has to stick to it. And have her keep the kids off your back so you can relax. Unless there are some changes in your life, you'll probably be dead in one month. Doc... The patient said, this would sound more official coming from you. Could you please call my wife and give her those instructions? The doctor said, of course. So when the fellow got home, his wife rushed to him and hugged him. I talked to the doctor, she wailed. You poor man, you only have one month to live. (laughs) And then these are a little bit uh, more serious, I think. From the musings of a child through the years. I appreciate these because my father has uh, been gone for 35 years this year. At four years old, my dad can do anything. At seven years old, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. At nine years old, my dad doesn't quite know everything. Twelve years old, oh well, naturally, dad doesn't know that either. Fourteen. My dad is so out of touch with reality. 16, my dad just doesn't get me at all. 20, 
My dad is so hopelessly old-fashioned. 25. Dad knows a little about it, but not much. 30. I may ask dad what he thinks about it. 35. Before we decide, let's get dad's opinion. 45. I wonder what dad will think about this. 55. My dad knows something about literally everything. 65. I wish I could talk it over with dad just once more. Happy Father's Day. Sometimes we think of our parents as bigger than they are, sometimes smaller than they are. Hopefully over time, as we just saw, we develop a fair appreciation of their abilities and limitations. But what about when we consider how we feel about God? As Sean shared as we gathered around the table, remembering the great gift our heavenly Father gave and His own Son. How do we really feel about God? We're going through the Ten Commandments this summer in a series entitled The Ten Questions. And the second of the Ten Commandments asks the question, how big is your God? How big is your God? In Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 is the first one, you shall have no other gods before me. And then verse 4, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments." The second of the Ten Commandments asks the question, how big is your God? Commandment number one, as we saw last week, was this, put God first. Put God first. If you, haven't, if you weren't here for that message, haven't heard it, I hope you'll watch it. It's on our website, westerwin.com. Put God first. Who is your God? That was the question we asked last week. Who is your God? Our shepherd, Ken Culpepper, shared with us during our prayer time this morning, please, God, help us. Help us because we see you as our God above all others. Help us as we proclaim the Lord is our God. Who is your God? But today, commandment number two is this, don't sell God short. Don't sell God short. You see, the first commandment talks about who your God is. The second commandment asks the question, how big is that God that you serve? Even if he is the one true and living God, how big is he in your mind? And as you look at your life, how big is your God? Is he big enough to handle the things that you're confronting, the the things our world is confronting? Is he able to accomplish what concerns you today? Even if you serve the living God, the one true and living God, the creator God, the savior God, do you believe that he is big enough to handle what concerns you today? 
to accomplish what faces you, the burdens, the cares, the hurts, the sins, the fears. Don't sell God short. How big is your God? Don't accept a lesser God, and don't underestimate the real God. The first commandment calls us to worship the true commandment, the true God. The second commandment calls us not to sell even the true God short. And so a few things about how big our God truly is. First of all, God is bigger than any temple. God is bigger than any temple. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6 is this marvelous, wonderful, incredible time when Under the leadership of David first and then after his passing, King Solomon really coordinates and builds the temple of the Lord. And now it's all been done. It's all ready. The ark is going to come in there. And and so it's time to dedicate this wonderful, marvelous temple in Jerusalem. And this prayer is amazing as Solomon prays it. But I want us to read starting in 2 Chronicles 6 verse 18. Solomon says, but will God really dwell on earth with humans? (laughs) The heavens, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I have built. Yet, Lord my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. May your eyes be open toward this temple day and night. This place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. You see, Solomon gets it. He gets it. As magnificent and incredible with all the gold and silver and bronze everywhere... Still, Solomon was aware that even this magnificent temple could not house God. (laughs) Of course not. God is so much bigger than this temple. God is so much more valuable than this temple. And yet, Solomon says as he prays this prayer, and yet, God, I know that you cannot be compacted into this spot. But it's where your people will recognize your presence dwells. And so... Hear us when we pray. You are so great and so awesome, and and you cannot be tied down. And yet, at the same time, we are limited in our humanity. Please, hear us when we pray towards you. Hear us. And when you hear us, forgive. God is bigger than any temple. Secondly, God is bigger than any idol. God is bigger than any idol. And if you've been doing your daily Bible reading, then we're into the prophets right now. And, and you're, you're, you're past the time when we have some of those great statements of, of idolatry. And we're going to see some more coming up from Isaiah and from some of the others. But one of the early ones is found in 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings 18 is that great contest between Elijah, the prophet of God, and all of the hundreds of the prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth, the false gods of the people of the land. And so Elijah gives them a challenge and he calls on them to build that that altar and and pray to their God so that he'll burn it all up. And, And so as they're praying and as they continue praying, nothing happens, of course. 
And so Elijah has some fun. In verse 27 of 1 Kings 18, at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Why not? Because those were just sticks of wood there. Because the idol that they worshipped was just something some man had built. Was not God at all. And we understand that. God is bigger than any idol. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah shares something very, very similar. In Isaiah chapter 40, in Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 10, Isaiah says, See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arm and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young Verse 12, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him and who taught him the right way? Was it was that, that taught him? knowledge or showed him the path of understanding. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Verse 18, with whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains to it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. <laughs> Isaiah says you have to nail it down so that it won't fall over. What kind of God is that? Certainly not the God who created the universe. Certainly not the God who is big enough to handle our concerns and our problems. Certainly not a God like those golden calves that the Israelites set up in the wilderness. Or that Jeroboam set up in the northern kingdom of Israel. This is why God didn't want his people to use idols even to worship him. But what about ours? We spoke some about those and listed some of them last week. Our culture can become our God. Certainly job and money or material things, the things money brings. Even family can become our God. Safety can become our God. Health, even church, can take the place of the living God. Most of those are all good things. They're just not very good at being God. The problem with idols, you see, is this. They limit God. Solomon in his prayer acknowledged that. Elijah and Isaiah understood that. That even if you worship the one true and living God, if you limit him to an idol, your God is not big enough. You have to nail him down so he won't topple over. That's no God. 
Thirdly, today, God is bigger than the universe. God is bigger than the universe. This incredible passage in the last half of Isaiah 40 starts with verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Verse 25, God asked, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each one of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is how big our God is. Bigger than the biggest among us, bigger than the strongest among us. You look at the leaders of our land and the leaders of other lands and you say they're nothing compared to the leader of the universe. The God who allows them to stay and one day will Send them off just as he does every other leader in the nations of this world that has ever reigned and led. God is bigger than the universe. He created it. He created it. Jesus came and he calmed the seas and he calmed the wind and he calmed the storm. and, And it scared them to death. That's how big our God is. I want a God that is bigger than I am. I need a God that is bigger than I am. And so do you. I don't need a God that I can understand completely. I don't need a God that I never have questions about. It's been said that when we pray to God and we expect him to fulfill our desires and we want him to and it's right to pray. I've heard it said, I think from Tim Keller, that that God will answer us our prayers as we would answer our prayers ourselves if we knew everything that God knows. Our God is big enough to know everything that's ever happened and ever will happen. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. And he loves us still. So much so that he gave his son on that old rugged cross. I need a God like that. I need a God that's much bigger than I am. I need a God that I don't understand because when I look in the mirror, that guy can't handle the things that I need handled. That guy can't deal with the things that are urgent and caring on my heart today. I need a God that's much bigger than that. And I have to remember that I'm not going to understand that God all the time. And I'm going to be okay with that. Because we live by faith, not by sight. 
You've heard me say many times, many of you could probably complete what I'm about to say. I've come to learn two things about God. Do you remember what they are? Number one, God exists. I believe that. And number two, I'm not him. I'm not him. God is bigger than any temple. God is bigger than any idol. God is bigger than the universe. How big is your God? Is another way of asking, how big is your faith? How big is your God? Another way of asking, how big is your faith? Last week when we had the little kids up here, we sang, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Do you believe that? Do you truly, truly believe that? Do you trust in a God that big? Do you have a faith that big? As we close today, I want to read a couple of great, great scripture passages. One from the end of Romans 11 and one from Ephesians chapter 3. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our God is able. He is able to do everything. To accomplish his purpose today. And so three things as we close. God is big enough to handle my hurts. Whatever they are. God is big enough to handle them. He knows about them. He cares about them. Because he cares about you. How big is your God? God is big enough to handle my hurts. Secondly, God is big enough to handle my fears. And we all have them. But our God is big enough to handle them. He won't maybe make them go away. (laughs) But he'll just supply the power and the faith and the trust that we need to get through them. God is big enough to handle my hurts. God is big enough to handle my fears. God is big enough to handle my sins. Is your God that big? Because the living God is so much so that he shed his son's blood on the cross to provide that justification in spite of our sins. How big is your God? God is big enough to handle my hurts. He's big enough to handle my fears and he's big enough to handle my sins. He is able, more than able to accomplish what concerns you today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes your way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than you could ever ask or imagine or dream. He is able, 
our God is big enough to make you what he wants you to be. If we can help make that happen, come as we stand. Sing this great song together. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to gather to worship you. Thank you for our dads. Uh, thank you for the impact they have in our lives and what they mean to us. 
Uh, continue to pray that you bless our church and help us be a blessing to this area. I uh, pray that you continue to bless our youth group. Please be with us all. Help us shine our light. Help us stand up strong against the temptation we face. Please be with the members of our Western family that are going to going through uh, health and life struggles. Um, help us be there for them when needed. Please be with us throughout this week and allow us to be good examples to shine your light. Please forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.